Hi, everyone. Here's a sneak peek of Dishing Drama with Dana Wilkie. If you'd like to hear the full episode, please subscribe to us on Patreon. Come on, bitch, bitch, let's go. Come on, get, get, get ready, bitches. Welcome back to part four of my arrest novelette. Let's get dirty. Yum. So Casey, before I have you play the novelette that I wrote with the the details surrounding what it was like to be arrested as a a real housewife of Beverly Hills person. (laughs) Mm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, I want to start by just a shout out to my parents and all this, because I slightly touched on it in, in part three, but I didn't really do it justice that my poor parents, because my address um, was on my driver's license for my parents' house, because I was afraid for my life because my ex was crazy. um, And, and in my opinion, dangerous. Um, My parents were the ones that actually got raided. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god yes so my poor parents are in bed like sleeping <sighs> and yeah and i'm gonna tell you the story now from their perspective because i didn't do that in part three um so what happens is my poor parents it's like i don't know 4 30 in the morning or something and all of a sudden i i, I wasn't there but i heard the story there was like six cop cars that pull in FBI van, all these guys, like maybe 20 guys in full on FBI garb with like guns and big rifles and like think Jen Shaw. Yeah. (laughs) But like worse, like actually I think mine was more theatrical than hers, the way my parents told it. And they blocked the street and my parents live on this like residential neighborhood. That's like really sweet. (laughs) Okay, like all these like old timers live on and stuff. And it just broke into, you know, breaking bad, basically. Yeah. (laughs) Breaking bad. And the federal agents like run up on the door. They're they're ready to attack because I guess they heard that I have a, a brother. And the way that the FBI works, they will look into like what family members could potentially be in the house and be of danger. And so my poor brother, who's just like this innocent, really sweet kid, who's like a PhD, um, you know, now he's a professor, like he ended up getting, you know, being the one that they thought might be a risk. So immediately they get in the house and they're like, where is, you know, Dana's brother? And my parents are like, He's sleeping in there. And they thought he, they were coming for my brother. What? <laughs> yes, because my brother's like innocent. So my, but they were like, why are they asking for the brother? You know, like, yeah. right. So they grab my brother. My brother is like half asleep. He doesn't even know what's happening. And he's like, can I at least go to the bathroom? So, cause he's been sleeping. So he gets up, they let him go to the bathroom. I think they watched him. I don't know like how detailed it got, you know, I'm like, yeah. Off. Yeah. 
And then he gets in and they have everybody sit on this couch in one location. And meanwhile, my dad is like, sirs, I'm ex-Navy, ex-IBM. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an officer in my own right, you know? So he was trying to say to them, like, we would never do anything to challenge the system, et cetera, right? So my poor dad is like, oh, gosh. Anyway, they figure out, obviously, really quickly that I'm not there and that my family is like the nicest people on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, what happens is uh, they start questioning my parents and they're like, where's Dana? And he's like, I can get Dana. Dana is not going to like fight you. She'll come wherever you tell her, you know if I can get a hold of her, because it's like five in the morning. So he calls me and I am like, oh, my God. They're arresting me. And so I run into my nanny's room and I say to her, like, I am being arrested and I don't want you to tell Nana because Nana's like in her 90s and she can't handle it. So I want you to tell her I had to go to work. Early in the morning, I'm going to my office and I will be gone all day. And I'll, if I come home, I come home. And if not, make up that I had to go on a trip or something like that. And same for my, you know, to tell little John. Thank God I had my nanny at that time. By the way, she was working for free, as I mentioned in part three, to help me. Wow. To save me. Yeah. So she um, does this. Uh, the FBI agent tells me, Make sure you put warm clothes on. You don't bring anything with you and you wear knee socks because the chains they put on your legs when you get arrested will cut your legs. Oh, my God. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, exactly. So I look in my closet and I like try to find something fashionable anyway. You have to take me shopping, seriously. Look at those beautiful glasses. They were 25,000. Because I can't help it. I'm programmed. (laughs) And I I grabbed like some, you know, it was that time of the month. So I grabbed like a few of those personal things. I'm like, I don't know who I'm going to, you know, how I'm going to get these, but I need them. You know, I have a heavy time of the month. Mm. So it's like real. Yeah. Tell me more. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Too much information. TMI, TMI. (laughs) So, um, but it was a big part of it because it's humiliating. When you hear how I had to ask for the Tampax when I needed to change it, it's like the most humiliating thing ever. Oh, God. There is no dignity in this environment when you're arrested. Um, So now I've never been to prison. And this experience I'm about to describe to you is nothing close to it. It is not like I even have street cred after this um, experience because, you know, prison is a whole different thing, but being arrested is horrific. And, you know, nobody even really gets how crazy bad it is. Like it's really, really bad, especially with a federal crime. Mm. So anywho, um, I run downstairs and this time the agents trust that I'm going to meet them. So only two of them come and they pick me up in front of my building because I asked them not to pick me up inside because it would have made a spectacle, obviously, of where I was Mm -hmm. living. And so they agreed to meet me on the corner. 
So there was little Wilkie and Real Housewives of Beverly Hills Wilkie on the corner waiting for the FBI with like two tampons. <laughs> Oh. And like a legging and like leggings and a t-shirt and like a sweater and you know waiting for them to pick me up in the SUV and um then they take me to FBI headquarters and I think I talk about that in the novelette so I will let you now uh play it but put a sound effect in as we get this going <laughs> So I wrote this story called Housewives to Handcuffs, and it's a novelette by Dana Wilkie. And I wrote it right after I got arrested in 2014, I think it was. And it's really um, a depiction of sort of where my headspace was and what happened to me at the time. And I hope you guys enjoy it. I've never read it to anyone before. So anyway, I'm not that great of a writer, but here it is. Housewives to Handcuffs, a novelette by Dana Wilkie. Many of you might remember me from The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I'm the one who bought those infamous $25,000 glasses, drove a Lamborghini, lived in a mansion, and went to fancy parties with fancy friends. However, this story is not about that club. This is about a different club I belong to. If you are liking what you're hearing, please review, rate, and subscribe. $25,000 it.